hello and welcome to Relationship Rescue, the podcast. Every relationship begins with you. And today, uh, I'm going back. Um, I'm going to do a series on should I stay or should I go? Because it seems to be one of, besides one of the biggest factors that I see in, in marriages and relationships is infidelity, to tell you the truth. And, but the other thing is the, should I stay or should I go relationship ambivalence? And it is a real, um, dilemma for people because there's so many factors in should I stay or should I go? So let me preface this with this statement though. If your relationship is abusive, you do not stay. If your relationship is verbally abusive, emotionally abusive, you seek help immediately. If your relationship is physically abusive, you get out and you seek help, right? Abuse is different. There's no excuse for it. It's, there's not, there is not a, should I stay or should I go, right? It's a go. It is a go. Uh, You know, you can call, call somebody, get in touch with somebody. You can schedule, you know, a call with me, a free call, initial consult, but you don't stay in abusive situations. And that is verbal and emotional abuse too, because that's called mental abuse. So um, you need to seek help. So one of the so one of the things that happens is when um, so when, a peop- when somebody comes to me and wants to you know Heather I basically I don't know what do I what do I do Am I going to stay or should I go Right. So one of the things I I like to figure out first is has this person tried discussing the issues with their partner, with their spouse? Because um, when your partner consistently blocks, um, you know, your your attempts to bring up top, topics or raise questions, right? Um, particularly about the things you care about, there's a problem. Because it's basically saying your needs are not important. And um, I don't have to meet those needs, and that's not true. And that leaves you in a state of anger, sadness, resentment, frustration, right? And it, the relationship is unbalanced in a big way. So, you know, what what you got to do is we we have to figure out, you know, what are these? What are some of the things that I hear over and over? And what are the things that I warn my clients about? that there's a problem if like these topics are um, off the table, right? Like they won't even talk about them. So let's say that you and your partner have sexual difficulties, right? And by the way, in middle-aged couples, in middle-aged couples, women are the ones that will come and tell me that a lot of the time, or as equally, that their partner is not, you know, doesn't is not near as sexually active as they used to be, and um, ED erectile dysfunction is a big thing, right? It, it's real. It's not. It's not a joke. It's not fake, and it is. That's something that you want to seek help with, right? Because that is for a man. A very difficult thing to face right just like there's certain things for women and in menopause wreaks havoc on women and things like that but so let's say you're a woman or you're a man 
and you want to talk about the fact that you'd like to have sex more, right? And they just basically say, you know what? I hate talking about that. I don't want to talk about it. And then vehemently and, you know, and firmly squashes the discussion. It's off the table. Well, that, where does that leave you? Frustrated? Sad? And what happens is this. You start to internalize that. Going, what's wrong with me? Is there something wrong with me? And then you get frustrated and resentful. Your confidence goes down. Self-esteem goes down. That's a problem. That needs to be discussed. Um, so let's say every time you talk about something, um, you want to talk about how you're feeling. And this person, your partner or spouse, sighs. They change the subject, turns the TV on, reads the newspaper, whatever. Does anything to not speak about it and will actually just move away from you to shut you up. That's off the table. And that needs to be on the table, okay? Um, let's say you both are working a lot. You don't have a lot of time for each other. And yet, hmm, you're not bringing enough, enough money for, you know, to pay the bills. Okay, well, that means the spending habits are off. But at, whenever you bring this up with your partner, well, they, they just kind of sidetrack and throw the conversation to the side, skirting around the issue, off the table. Um, so uh, let's see, say that you're, the person you've been seeing for the last year never says I love you, but, the, but they are very affectionate um, in, during sex, but not really affectionate outside of sex. You try to bring this up, right? And basically off the table, won't discuss it, problem, you know, dismissive avoidant most likely, um, the person in charge of paying the bills, is it getting them paid on time, problem, but they won't discuss it, whenever you try to basically discuss anything important to you, it's off the table, nothing ever gets resolved, okay, so this is a problem, because basically what's happening is the communication levels are being shut down, and then you have to understand that when your partner is taking these conversations and these very important conversations off the table, then, then they're basically just um, neglecting you, neglecting your needs. And if you grew up in a neglectful environment, this is going to throw you th into a tailspin. Your inner child is going to react to this in a big way. So, if there is no way to get them to speak, okay, you're going to need to seek outside help because you can't stay in that relationship. You will slowly, slowly die in there. And I'm serious, right? So, um, because basically what's happening is those problems that you would like to deal with are creating bigger problems within you. So you, and you need to realize you are um, a human being with valid needs and valid concerns. And you have to honor yourself by speaking up for yourself. And if they won't meet you at the table, you need a mediator to get you to, to start communicating effectively. Otherwise, yep, guess what? Should you stay or should you go? You go. Because you will never find happiness and joy in that marriage. So, um, you know, 
here's the biggest differences. So let me go through some of the biggest differences that I see that create um, a disconnect and lead to relationship ambivalence. So you think opposites attract, and sure they do in the beginning, but here's the thing. So they also are driving wedges between people. So let me let me give you examples. So one person's active, one person's lazy. So big deal. One person, you know, cannot stand not getting things done. The other one can't stand doing things. Oh boy. Okay. Two, hot, cold. One partner is warmer, more passionate, more open, more cuddly, um, emotional. The other person is cooler, more reserved, and seems cold and distant. Um, one person is an optimist, the other is a pessimist. This is a big issue. Um, one person does things quickly, they're faster at doing things, getting things done, they are on top of it. The other person is much slower at doing it. Right? It takes them forever to get something done. One's an extrovert, one's an introvert. It, it's, You can work through this with a lot of honoring the other person, but honoring you. And it's not easy, but it can be done. Um, one's physical, one's sedentary, right? So one person is out there hiking, running, going to the gym, yoga, all of these things. And the other person as well, um, kind of not so much and just likes to sit around and watch Netflix. Um, one is more ambitious, ambitious than the other, right? They want to accomplish things and the other one kind of is more pleasure driven. They just want to enjoy life. Um, then you've got the ones that spend money, right? And then the ones that, um, hate spending money. That's a huge issue. Huge, huge, huge. Um, one partner is faster, brighter, kind of smarter than the other one and uses, basically wants to, you know, solve problems. The other thinks the partner is, guess what? Arrogant, arbitrary. Um, and this one is a big deal. And I really did see it a lot during the last election here in the United States. But one's a Democrat, runs a Republican. And I don't see this issue going away. I see it getting um, harder, actually, as the United States gets more divided. And I also, you know, I read, I don't watch news anymore, but I do have my Apple News app. And it's not just the U.S. anymore that I see the division of parties. I don't know exactly all the what the parties are, what they, I can't, the called and the, what's the left and what's the right there in, um, in the U.K. and in Australia and things like that. But the division between conservative and liberal drives wedges between people, huge ones. And um, Trump did that well. That was he 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 did a great job of that. This does not mean I'm Republican or Democrat. It's actually nobody's business because I work with both and I judge nobody. Nobody. That's not my place. I would never judge anybody for what you believe because I know. That political beliefs are really uh, um, have so much to do with the family tribe you grew up in. You know where you grew up. Big thing is um, geography, and then what your parents believed, what your friends believed, what your peers believed, where you went to, to school. It's not personal. It's it's basically it's a set of beliefs like anything else in life. You know that you 
come to come to believe based on your family tribe based on your the society where you were raised so how could i you know, don't take that personally and it's not about me but when you're in a marriage and one is conservative and one is liberal and especially if you're on the far right far left it creates massive havoc roe versus wade through people marriages in relationships into tailspin when that was overturned oh yeah, I don't see this going going away anymore. And I really do suggest to people that are dating to talk about political views. It should be a discussion, for sure. Um, and one earns a lot of money, comes to the, into the relationship with money. The other neither earns a lot nor has a lot. And that makes a huge difference. Um, and one person is practical. They're down to earth. The other one is more driven by... Um, Oh, it's idealistic or whimsical, you know, considerations. And none of those have to be deal breakers, but a lot of the time they are. Okay. So now let me just talk about some, uh, one other concept I wanted to discuss today, which is a lot of people don't prepare for what comes if you decide to leave right see it's what is the post relationship options and so you have to kind of look and say you know what um what is going to happen after this if i leave right because the grass is not always greener and that is the and that is one thing you have to realize that green grass is um probably it's not going to be um that green it's going to have be uh, it's going to need a lot of watering too see it doesn't just get easier but remember abuse you leave abuse you leave emotional abuse verbal abuse you get seek help if that person can't help you and nothing's changing the relationship you do not stay i am such i am you cannot stay in a relationship or marriage that is emotionally abusive mentally abusive which is caused by mental i'm sorry emotional and verbal abuse or physical i know it will make you sick it will make you sick and it will affect every other aspect of your life and nothing will really go well and you'll die very sad and i'm serious i i don't but you know if there's some of these things that i'm going to talk to in the future and what i you know talked about today and if something can be worked out yes you work it out because it's not always greener and but if it is an ab abusive relationship trust me the lawn where you're going is freaking greener um so so like so let me kind of give it to you this way so like let's suppose that this summer you want to go um, on a vacation and the vacation is going to cost you a few thousand dollars, right? So you could either go on the vacation or you could stay home. Well, <clears throat> let's say you you just have tunnel vision. And all you'll be able to, you know, think about is whether to go and spend the money or not go and not spend the money. Okay, but that's kind of the mistake. It's not just about, am I going to go on the vacation or am I staying home? What is it? Right? Is it right? See, you got to look at the big picture. So what you really have a choice about, about is this. Um, am I going to spend the money on the vacation that I get to spend? Or would I rather spend it on something else? Like maybe a remodeled bathroom or maybe a 
the down payment on the car you would like um, or need or something else, right? Then you can make more of an educated decision about this money that you've saved to do something special with. Um, now, also look at it this way. If I don't go on the vacation though, and I just stay home and I don't actually put the money towards the car or something that would bring my joy, the bathroom, and then I just actually just spend that money um, on little side trips to places I don't really care about, eating out, and nothing that gives you really pleasure. Well, then you know what? Um, yeah, so the, the, the money, guess what? You're going to go on the vacation or you're going to spend it what you want, but you know you're not going to stay home and just be in the same old rut, but you're not working. And I know it seems a little crazy to compare that to you know, do you leave and do you, or do you stay? Do you go? But it's the same concept. Okay. So what is on the other side of leaving? You want to explore it. Um, so, so many people, they're in the marriage, they marry their college sweetheart, right? Um, they're going along, they're happy, but then life happens. You know, they have the children, the mortgage, and all of the stress that comes with it. And all of a sudden, you know what? That marriage isn't what you thought it would be. It's iffy. It's eh, guess what? Um, my wife or my hu husband, they're not so fun anymore. Um, we're, everything is about these kids. Um, the, they're not as affectionate as, as they used to be. You know what? Um, I just, there's no fun. Um and you start to become convinced that this marriage is not for you anymore. You're just, which is a lot of childish bullshit, but whatever. So <laughs> you're in a grown up way. So instead of maybe trying to, you know, go get some help to find that connection again, speak to your partner, whatever, you say, you know what, I think it's going to be way better. So you end up leaving, but you really didn't explore this option. You really didn't try to see something. So, and you find out being single isn't so great. That, you know, amusement park of singlehood actually turned out to be a place of loneliness. Um, it's incredibly difficult to meet new people. You have to go on awkward dates with people that you can't connect to. And there's this cruel, and it's a cruel realization that um, the women or men you've been fantasizing about getting with, um, you're not that young person anymore. You're not that same person. You're not, it's not so great, right? And then you start missing your kids and all of those wonderful weekends that you thought, oh my God, I'm going to have this beautiful divorce life and we're going to have so much fun and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no. There, guess what? Those kids have homework. Those kids have sports. Those kids have, right? So all of a sudden, um, you are doing it all instead. You're bored. You're disconnected from your kids, from everybody. You're frustrated. And then when you finally do get into some maybe, you know, kind of committed relationship, you find somebody. Well, guess what? They turn into, guess what? To be demanding business-like, like your partner, you left. So you can't compare a reality to a dream um, when your dreaming is going to also become that reality, <laughs> right? 
nothing stays the same. You have to work at the marriage. You have to work at it. You have to work at keeping the connection. In that case, you know, leaving was not the answer. You didn't explore the options, right? So you have this tunnel vision that leaving was going to be this dream, and it turned out it wasn't. So let's kind of look in the opposite say, so direction. Let's say your tunnel vision is, I have to stay because I can't, I'll never have enough money to make it on my own. And this is a big one, right? And you don't really explore options of, you know what, check out how much are home prices? How much is the are, are the things that, um, you know, you're going to need to live on your own? How much do you make? Can you, do you work part-time? Should you be, can you go full-time? Um, are you open or adverse to roommates, right? Don't stay in something just because of money. Now, I'm not saying that if so, you have to weigh this. If you leave and you are having, you can't make it on your own and it's not, a, the marriage is, is has no abuse in it. It's just, it's not what you would want anymore. You need to find ways to try to bring that marriage back because to leave and not be able to support yourself um, is going to put a whole different type of stress on you. But you got to explore the options. You don't just stay because of money. You have to explore all your options, roommates, and anything you can think of, right? Because um, poverty is not fun. And poverty doesn't, I'm not just talking about, you know, you're obviously not homeless, but not having enough money for food and bills and that's a whole other thing you're not going to be enjoying. So you have to plan, right? So when you're, and this is anything you're going to do in life, I've realized some things, yes, and a whim, but those decisions are not for leaving or staying in a marriage. You have to look at the big picture, get out of the tunnel vision. It's not going to be the greenest grass in the world. It's not going to be the brownest grass in the world. You need to see if leaving is going to be feasible and what those stresses of leaving will be on. Will be, you know, what 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 other stresses will come come into your life? Because there will be and life is not stress-free, right? See, I know that you can do anything and make anything happen. I know that our reality is, con you know, controlled by our personal reality, by our thoughts and our decisions and our emotions and all of that. But most people, no matter how many times I say it, right, it's really hard for them to to live within that polarity and to go, today is going to be hard, but it's getting better and better and better and better and better, right? And so... And life will always and can always get better and better and better and better. But it's hard to see that when you're living in hell, right? And that's the truth. So, um, you know, one of the things that I want you to do is I want you to take out a sheet of paper right now. And I want you to write things I look forward to in my new life when I think about leaving. Okay. And things I'm afraid of in my new life that make me think about staying. So then write down whatever, you know, has been the most important to you as you struggled with whether you should stay or leave, right? So, um, so something like this, you know, things you look forward to, um, dating, 
nice, sexy men and, or women. <laughs> Having a better relationship with my kids. Um, you know, or, it, you know, um, and if and then maybe it's that you're not looking forward to not having money, having nowhere to live that I would like to live, right? So now, what you, what I want you to do is when you're writing these things down that you're looking forward to, include um, specific things that you might think are going to come sub, from support from other family or friends, right? So. Um, my my sister or my friend offered that I could live with them. Is that true? Do you really believe that's going to happen? Do you want to go live with your sister or your friend, right? Um, and is it true? Is this likely? Let's say um, I'm going to go date all of these sexy new people. Is this true? How likely is it? I want you to look at the list that you make of all the things you're looking forward to, all the things that you um, are scaring you about leaving or staying, right? And then ask yourself, is this true? How likely is this to happen? What else is possible? What's most likely? Okay, so again, next to each question, you're going to ask yourself, is this true? Is this likely? What else is possible? What's most likely? I'm going to say it again. Is this true? Is this likely? What else is possible? What's most likely? See, so um, most likely, yeah, you can date other men or women, right? But are they going to be these sexy young things you're looking for? Uh, probably not. Are they, you know, is it going to be, what? what is true about that? What's not? So then, okay, well, so are the people you think you're going to date, is it going to end up just again, like what you've been living in? You've got to start really, real, getting realistic about this. Um, so ask yourself, where will you live? How will you be able to afford it? Will you be able to commute to your job from where you're going to live? How much savings are you know will you be available to you after you leave? Um, you know, how much of your income will you have available, and is it going to be enough? What are your prospects for meeting new people? Right? Um, this is the time to be brutally honest. You know, do you have the characteristics that will make this relatively easy, right? It's not easy to meet new people. Are you an extrovert? Are you outgoing? Are you willing to go and meet people? Are you willing to put yourself out there? Um, is it realistic that you actually might be lonely? How well do you cope with loneliness? What's going to happen with the kids? Is it joint custody possible? You know, do you want that? Um, what about not having custody? Is that acceptable to you? You know, what will... Um, uh, let's, what will being on your own do with, for your ability to work, right? Who's going to watch the kids if you have them? Um, is it realistic that the friends that you might be counting on are going to end up being there? Um, how do you know, will, will, will you have moral support and even some financial support or whatever you need from family members? See, these are important questions to ask yourself. So a big part of deciding whether you should leave or go is determining what is realistic and what is not in your new life or staying. And remember, if it's an abusive relationship, you leave. If it's emotionally, verbally, try to get help. But if it doesn't work, you got to go and you need to figure it out. Okay, I hope that... I hope this helped because it's a really hard place to be in relationship ambivalence. But remember, what's my tagline? Every relationship begins with you and it does. So look within yourself 
and see what's possible for you. What do you believe about yourself? Can you honor yourself? Do you believe you're able and free to make it on your own? Do you see other possibilities and can you believe in those possibilities? That's another thing. If you can't believe in yourself and you're going to leave and it's going to get really negative and ugly for you, then it might not be right. Maybe you need to get help before you go. Meaning, start to love yourself start to love yourself you know do you have self-worth because i can say this if you leave and you have lack confidence you feel i'm never going to find success i'm a failure then leaving is going to be so much harder than staying there's so many things to explore if you're ready to explore it you want to have a um a free clarity call with me then i'm going to put the link in the notes here um in the note show notes because you got to get clear clarity is the key Until next time, bye.